Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues. We are now in the state of Kentucky, and our first stop will be Winchester, Kentucky, where we meet Bryant Carter of the Bryant C Project, and we'll talk to Bryant and some of his songs here in a bit. Years ago, I got into an accident at work where I ended up spending the month on my stomach while my back wounds healed. I had scalded and severely burned my lower back. Well, about two weeks into my healing, I realized I hadn't had a cigarette in two weeks, so I quit smoking. Now, that method worked for me, but I don't suggest it for anybody else. But I did quit smoking, but thank goodness now, there's a company called Laser Therapy South located just outside of Fort Lauderdale to help you quit smoking. Since 2003, Laser Therapy South has helped thousands of people quit smoking, reduce stress, and alleviate chronic and acute pain. Laser Therapy South has developed its own unique approach to tackle both the physiological and the habitual components of addiction to help you achieve total success. Laser therapy. It's an acupuncture-based treatment that actually originated in Europe and Canada about 25 years ago. Your success is measured immediately. Laser therapy is instantaneous. Your treatment date is your quit date. The laser is sort of a cold or therapeutic laser and doesn't really produce heat or cut tissue, where most clients more walk away saying they feel more like they feel more like they've had a massage with their treatment. Laser therapy south www.lasertherapysouth.com, where all your questions will be answered. Check them out today if you want to quit smoking. Laser Therapy South, where being a quitter is a good thing. So, Bryant Carter, what is the Bryant C Project? I'm guessing the C stands for Carter. Uh, yes, sir, it is. And uh, thanks for having me. Hey, but, um, yeah, the Bryant C Project is uh, a solo project that I started uh, back in 2011. 2012 era oh. and uh you know i've just been going with it ever since i have you know several about five or six albums out now and mm-hmm. you know a lot of singles it's, it's an original music project and uh you know some bluesy rock soul vibe type of music and uh, yeah that's what it's about I've really been enjoying it how long you've been performing like when did you start would you pick up uh, your first instrument i started playing actually uh well, I guess I really got serious with it back in 97. Uh, I got my first guitar in 95, and I messed with it for a while, but I'm a left-handed guitar player. And about two years after, in 97, um, my uncle noticed that I was lefty and the guitar was right-handed and strung right-handed. Mm-hmm. So one day he took it and restrung it left-handed, and then he said, try this. And it yeah. felt even better. So then I really started you know, messing with it more, learning some of my favorite songs, and you know, from then on out, just playing and playing different bands throughout middle school and high school and, you know, playing for different artists and things after that. And anyway, let's let's back up here a minute now, because <laughs> oh, yeah. the different left handed guitar styles. So were you playing the guitar upside down, like playing the D uh, up on the top yeah, of well, the neck? Instead of well, yeah, it. when I when I first started, yeah, the the before my uncle restrung it, I yeah. was I was holding it left handed, but it was like the low E was at the bottom and the yeah. high E was at the top. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then I, I, call that pla- I call that I call that I call that planet upside down. Exactly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it was it was cool, but when he restrung it and it had the the low E at the top and the high E at the bottom, um, every just everything just seemed to click more, yeah. felt more natural. Yeah. And that's when I really took off with it. Well, it's funny because uh, we were talking uh, right before we started the the interview here. We were talking about Hendrix, who was a lefty, you know. Yeah. And uh, he did the same thing. There's another guy named Doyle Brammel, though. He played his whole career. He plays his whole career with the guitar upside down. Uh, yeah, he, and that's the thing. He, he's I've making all this money. Go buy a guitar. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've like seen some people do that, and I can tell in the pictures that they haven't even restrung it. They're like playing it upside down completely, which I've done sometimes and can yeah. do, but it's kind of, you know, it's, it's wild. I've definitely put the hat to those, too. I think, I think I even saw Eric Gales doing that in a picture recently. So I was okay. like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can play both, and you can play it normal if it's strung the right way, but you can play it upside down. If you're at a, you're at a show or something, somebody says, Brian, see Project in the house. Brian, get up here and play a song with us. And a guy hands you a right-handed guitar. You can flip it upside down. You can work your way through it, right? Yeah, I could. I could work my way through it. It wouldn't be my my favorite situation, but I could do it. That'd <laughs> be like somebody asking me to sing tenor, man. <laughs> yeah, know? I'd be like, well, okay, all right, let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I can so, do it. I can do it. You think it. It's fun. So, uh, do you have lefty guitars now, or do you just still buy what you like and then just restring them? Actually, I have a little bit of both. Um, uh. Right, the majority of my guitars are left-handed. I've got a, a Strat, and um, that's a lefty. I've got a Les Paul, uh, Tobacco Sunburst. That's a left-handed. Oh, that sounds pretty. But I've also got a Flying V. It's a right-handed, but where the, the where it's even at the top, and I can get all the way up up the fretboard. I'm uh-huh. like, I really want that. So what I did with that one was. I just restrung that one left-handed style and gotcha. filed the nut a little bit. And that's a right-handed guitar strung lefty. And then I have two acoustics. They're both uh, left-handed. I've got a, a regular six-string Ibanez acoustic and also have a 12-string acoustic. Wow. It was a pleasure to find a left-handed 12-string acoustic guitar. Yeah, I was going to say, man, congratulations on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> Those are hard to come by unless you you can, like, special order them from, like, Guitar Center Musician's Friend or... One of them places, you know. Uh, yeah, mine's um, it's by a brand called Oscar Schmidt. I'm, you know, I'm all about that. It's totally cool. <laughs> well, you know, one of my running jokes I have her on the show with guitar players. You know how many guitars a guitar player needs? I don't even want to know. <laughs> What's the answer to that? <laughs> one more. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say I knew it was gonna be something along those lines because yeah, you yeah. can never have enough. But I still have others that I want to get also. No kidding. So back to the Flying V, because I I almost bought one maybe 20 years ago, and I talked myself out of it, because I think they're just so heavy. Is yours a heavy, heavy guitar? Or? You know, it's not too heavy, actually. It's um, it's pretty light, and now I've actually been using it more than ever. Really? Um, I mean, I like the, I love the Les Paul. I'm looking forward to getting that back out, mm-hmm. but just picking it up just now. It's, you know, it's a little lighter than the Les Paul. Um, the Les Paul definitely has more weight to it. No kidding. Wow. I don't know. It's just, just the freedom, just the freedom on the neck and the sound. You know, I know people usually um, incorporate the Flying V with like metal and stuff, but one one of the pl- guitar players that actually influenced me to want to play it and try it out was Albert King. You know, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to say, man. Albert King made the Flying V famous. 
you know. Exactly. And I was like, man, I want to, you know, I was into him a lot when I was younger and still am. And I always thought it'd be cool to, you know, play some bluesy stuff on there. And, yeah. You know, I just, I love it. Just did you ever check out, sounds. did you ever check out that, uh, that CD he did with Stevie Ray Vaughan? Yes. In session. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I yes. love it. I like, I like, I loved hearing him play, but I also loved hearing him talk. You know, he's kind of yeah. almost talking to Stevie like he's his grandfather, like just giving him advice. And one of my favorite parts was he was talking about, he said, he said, Stevie, some of these new guitar players are playing fast, no soul. And yeah. He was saying just, you know, feel it. And he was just, I just, I remember all that, all those lessons and everything from that. But watching it. There's actually a YouTube performance. There's actually the, video of it which i didn't know until a while back so it was cool to actually see it too i did not know that yeah oh. it, it's on there it's on youtube so you can no, watch now it i know what i'm watching on youtube next <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> well because it's so cool like you said the dialogue i love when he was talking about uh back in the day it was him and and uh when he said janice was in the crowd there was in fillmore or something and uh and maybe Jimmy was there or whatever. And it just about out and you reach on back he says you reach on back and you find one more you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But he was talking about that too, because he was like, um, yeah, he's like, Janice, bless her soul. And yeah, yeah. He yeah. was saying that um he said you're gonna play Jimmy's part tonight, and I guess Stevie was probably honored with that. <laughs> but, no, no kidding. Yeah, that's that's yeah. definitely one of my favorites. You know, it was Albert that got Stevie Ray clean. It was Albert that talked him into, you know, just quit doing drugs and quit drinking. You See, know, so. I didn't know that part. Okay. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool to know. Because I know Stevie had his, his times and everything, but I didn't know that uh, I didn't know Albert contributed that. That's, that's yeah, that's big time. In fact, uh, before we started the podcast, we I was talking about this cat guitar Slim Jr. out of Louisiana. He'll, yeah. be, on, he'll be on next week, and uh, he jammed with Jimmy or, or, or with Stevie Ray rather, and uh, uh, concurred with me about the whole Albert King thing. But he also, uh, prior to Hurricane Katrina, he had Stevie Ray Vaughan's AA book. Oh, you know, wow. His, his AA contacts and stuff, man. And they lost it in Katrina. He's like, man, I left it in somebody's car and they called me up. He said, man, I got your book and it's got your name and Stevie Ray Vaughan. He goes, yeah, that's yeah, fine. And that's something to have Stevie man, Ray Vaughan's it's, it's AA wild. contacts. The people that, you know, just, I don't know, the people you come across and the experiences they've had. Because yeah. it's yeah. funny you mentioned that because it's not connected to to Stevie, but it's connected to Albert. I was uh, I was in New Orleans last summer for a music conference, and they had a lot of different speakers there. And some of these guys were these different producers. And one of the producers was a guy that actually got to work with Albert King, and he was telling me, and you know, obviously my 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 questions for him was, you know, you know, what kind of person was Albert King? How was it like being around him? And he said, well, he said, everybody knew when he came in the room. He said he was this big, huge guy. And yeah, he's like kind of like, you know, things his way and everything. And he said, but he was cool. And I was like, man, it's just it's cool to, you know, talk to someone that's, that's worked with him like that. And then when you said that area and with Stevie, I was like, kind of reminded me of. It. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, who have you who have you brushed with? Like who have you come up with uh, or come across in in your career? You've been playing a while, so you know you do the blues yeah. thing. You've got to. So cross. you mean like about like people that I've met and stuff? Yeah, yeah, or or jammed with even better. Like who are some who are some names? Maybe you've got had the opportunity to either meet or jam with. 
Well, as far as um, I don't think I've had the chance to really jam with any of the greats, but I've met some of them. Uh -huh. Um, are you familiar with Frank Marino? Do you remember Frank Marino and Mahogany Rush? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So back in, <laughs> you're um, going back a bit. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, took it. I think I'm trying to go back, order up to the front. But um, but yeah, man. I um, my uncle put me on to him as a kid. I remember one day we were leaving from a family visit. He was like, "Take the CD home." He'd always do that, but that particular night it was it was Frank Marino live and Mahogany Rush live from '79. That scene yeah. just blew me away. But <laughs> anyway, I kept up with him after that, and I think it was maybe 2008 or nine. Mm -hmm. um, it was before I moved here to Kentucky because I'm originally from Maryland, uh, right, right between Baltimore and DC. And Frank Marino was playing at this place in Virginia, I guess Alexandria or just around there called the Birchmere. Mm -hmm. So I was definitely going to go. It was like a inside sit down place, and oh, uh, he blew me away. And at the end of the show. Um, his family and him were at the tour tour bus outside and I got to meet him and he signed my guitar and it was cool. really cool. I'm just glad I happened to bring it that night. They were from Canada. Um, and then when I was in California, I ran into, um, I guess just before he passed, I ran into both bass players of Alice in Chains, uh, Mike Starr and Mike Inez. No kidding. Um, man. Before Mike Starr passed, yeah, a friend and I, we were in line waiting to, get in the key club to go to a show that night. And I, my friend was right next to me. I said, man, you know who that is walking down the street? He was like, oh, man. I was like, yeah, it's Mike Starr and Mike Inez. And, um, you know, rest his soul, Mike Starr. He's no longer yeah, with us. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, it was cool to meet them. I, I shook both of their hands. And I think the first thing Mike Inez said was, got any of that good stuff to smoke? And I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sure don't. But that's what he said right away. And, um, that's funny. That's funny. Also with uh, with California, I ran into um, even though it wasn't a guitar player from the band, I, I would have wouldn't have been my first choice, but it was still cool. It was on uh, Tommy Thayer from Kiss? Yeah, I, it, I Ace Frehley's the reason I started. One of the reasons I started playing. So if I met Ace, that'd be really cool. I've seen yeah, him a couple be. times. But, but anyway, my I was going. My friend and I were going to Guitar Center. And he always made it a point. He's like, I hate Kiss. I don't like Kiss. Oh, 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 oh. And then anyway, we, we got out and we were walking and I was like, you're Tommy Thayer. He was like, yeah, yeah, man. I was like, that's, that's real cool to meet you, man. He looked, he seemed kind of surprised that I recognized him, I guess, without the makeup. Without the makeup, yeah. Yeah, because he was, he was like, kind of, it was, it was 2010 at the time. So he was not new, new at the time, but it was, right. he was still a little surprised. But he was just talking about how they were about to go off to Europe and, I don't know. It was, just, it was a cool experience, man. And I've met uh, I met Corey Taylor uh, from Slipknot and Stone Sour a couple times. Got to talk to him. Um, I've met uh, all of Bone Thugs and Harmony. Those are some really cool guys. Um, so I've got a I've got a wide range of music tastes. No kidding. Out. I mean, you just went from <laughs> mahogany rush Bone Thugs. I mean, yeah. Quite... No. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, where did you do that? At? <laughs> but. But it's it's been a pleasure the people that I have been able to meet and uh you know the what I've taken from each of the each of the experiences I didn't I didn't get to meet him but I was happy to say I saw a Buddy Guy earlier this year too out here in, oh did you yeah I saw him here in Lexington Kentucky uh town over from where I'm at a place called the Lexington Opera House and, yeah and it was awesome just to hear hear him play and hear some of the things he had to say and you know it was it was great.
Man, I could do this. I could do this talk all night long talking about. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. So let's not. Let's talk about Brian C. Project because that's what this is really about. So uh, we're going to talk about four different songs. And the last two songs we're going to listen to is an acoustic version and then the electric version. So we'll talk about that later. But right now, we're going to talk oh, yeah. about The Face of a Thousand Words. Is this one of your first songs that you actually produced, wrote, put out, or what? Yeah, it's funny you said that because um, the original version, it was my first single that I put out on my self-titled album um, back in 2012. Uh, the version you have is, um, I believe, in a, I believe you have the acoustic version. Right, right. I got acoustic of that one, and uh, the other one we're going to listen to, Turn You Away. Yeah, but that was, uh, I still, uh, I actually just played Louisville the other night, and one of the people were telling me a lady was out there from the Kentucky Blues Society, and she was like, oh, I love that. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was actually my first, my first single. We shot a video for it out here in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, that's on my site at the thebryancproject.net, but um, it's still, it's still a, a song that shows up in the show to this day. And last year, I did an album called The Acoustic Sessions, where I just did a lot of acoustic versions of previously released songs that I felt yeah. would go over well on the acoustic and that, uh, you know, that was definitely one of them that I wanted to add on. There. So man, you got, you got a book of works, man. You got a lot of stuff out. Yeah. I'm thankful to say that I do. Um, I'm thankful to say that, you know, everything's still been rolling and, and going and I have a lot of original material out, you know, I have a couple covers recorded and, even been able to you know do something different and new like the acoustic sessions uh-huh. you know that's actually equivalent to a double disc album because i had such a large body of work and it was i didn't want to for that particular one I, I wanted to just pick all the ones that i thought would go over well so i said if it ends up being a double album you know it'd be a double album good business for the studio <laughs> but uh but yeah it went over really well so if if people just close their eyes for a minute and and I'm going to say this, and I want to see what conjures up in their head when I say "face of a thousand words." That that is just beautiful imagery right there, you know. You know, is that so? Tell me about that song. Tell me if 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 I'm dead on right about that. <laughs> what I'm thinking. Kind of are because I think the the inspiration for that song came from a long distance relationship of someone that uh, was real close with, but actually didn't get to see their face a lot. So the word, there were a lot more words than um, exchanged than you know, seeing the face and it kind of, kind of put itself together like that. So I just, I was like, okay, this is how it uh, came out. So this is how I'm going to present it. But, um, but thank you though. That, that's, that's, you were actually um, pretty spot on with that. Yeah, I had this picture of you like just getting up there and you're in the middle of a jam or something and you look out and you see somebody and you're like, oh man, that's the face yeah. of a thousand words, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and then she did have that too. So that that actually fits too. And it was also yeah. kind of like um, you know, not also not seeing the face as much. Right. Yeah. yeah. So hey, believe me, man, I, I get it. I've done the long distance thing, you know. Uh, uh, the woman I'm with now, we started long distance. I was in Missouri. She's in Vermont. Now, you know, now we're together. So, oh, yeah. yeah. You did say that earlier. So yeah. 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 <laughs> well, let's give it a, let's give this a listen. It's the Brian C. Yeah. Project from Winchester, Kentucky. And the song is called Face of a Thousand Words. Mm-hmm. 
Look at where we've been Look at what we've come to What's left to defend Or is it all up to me and you Why do you look this way Got nothing to say. Like I see it all just fine. This language through the eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where we're going. I just know where we've been. But baby, you don't have to hide no more. I believe we've reached the Just the way we've been But baby, you don't have to hide no more I believe we've reached the end Tell me what's on your mind Something left behind Or is it better left unsaid Or never words of regret Oh no, no How do we live this way? Taking it day by day An angel falling behind It's more than meets the eye Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Now can I tell you one more time Now can I tell you one more time Just one more time I don't know where we're going just the way we've been But baby, you don't have to hide no more I believe we've reached the end I don't know where we're going I just know where we've been But baby, you don't have to hide no more I believe we've reached the end I don't know where we're going I just know where we've been The Brian C. Project, our guest here on the Music of America podcast. And since Brian's kind of a blues guy, I'm kind of a blues guy. Let's talk about blues a little bit. Growing up in St. Louis, the blues is 
been such a strong influence and has been my whole life. In fact, one of the logos I use here on the Music of America podcast is featuring a band called the Alabama Serenaders back in the 1930s. Well, right in the middle there on the clarinet, this Dixieland jazz band is my grandfather. Well, the Soulard Blues Festival, the B3, the Soulard B3 Fest, it's called, okay? The Soulard Blues Festival really showcases that deep-rooted kind of blues heritage. The B3 Blues Festival in St. Louis, it's an outdoor concert festival held in historic Soulard Market. There's vendors on hand, quirky art, music, craft vendors, family activities, face painting, all of that. You'll find it all at the Soulard B3 Fest coming in May to St. Louis. Check them out. Soulard B3 Fest.com. Brian C. Project and Brian Carter is our guest here. Brian, do you do uh, festivals and showcases and stuff like that, or do you just do clubs? Or what do, what's the Brian C. Project show look like? Well, actually, I'm glad you asked this. Um, it's a little bit of, um, you know, all of that. You know, I do the I'll do the clubs and bars and I'll do, you know, events helping raise money for a good cause. But I do festivals as well. And I love festivals. I actually had a good time um weekend before last. I was in Frankfort, Kentucky. It's something called um, Bourbon on the Banks. Well, that and, sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to leave with a nice bottle of bourbon. But, um, you know, there was a couple thousand of uh, thousands of people there. I ran into a photographer. You know, he was telling me how he was from L.A. and then meeting people from Nashville. And just people come in from all over. You know, I love, you know, festivals and events like that because you never know, you know, where you're going to meet people from. And, you know, it's it's such a wide range. And it, the, the festival season's ending now, but it's actually definitely one of my favorite times of the year. You know, once spring, summer, and, you know, early fall, you know, there's all types of people and, you know, places to go i played you know definitely a lot of festivals on uh, this past summer and everything and, mm -hmm. you know, i loved but then i like the intimate shows too the inside shows are cool as well but um what do you like more it's hard to say on um yeah i mean you know inside weather the temperature is always going to be right inside but sometimes you know those outside festivals you just never know how many people are going to be out there you know, you get to singing something, you know, they might not always know the originals. You sing a cover like Purple Rain or something. You hear all those voices singing along with it. You're like, oh, this is awesome. Uh -huh. So I like I like them both, man. I really like them both. Well, man, you got to like it all, you know. Cause yeah, you, exactly. I love it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely love it all. It's, What's the... They, they each have their perks, I'll say that. They what? They each have their perks. You know? Yeah, yeah. Work. what's the worst venue you ever had to play at and don't say a name just describe the venue and why it was bad you know i think i was asked this question before and it was a difficult question oh really yeah and thankfully i was saying thankfully that's the that's been the case but um you know i don't think there's been a, a worse venue yet how about you we we did a show once where there were like three people in the club right uh -huh. and and they left and so oh, we're there for the rest of the night, man. There's nobody there. So it became band practice. I mean, we got paid. You know, it's not our job to bring people in. You know, we're there to entertain yeah. the crowd. And if the dude can't bring a crowd in, it can't be on us, you know. So exactly. Uh, and when that happens, sometimes, like you said, it's just it just ends up being practice for the next gig and yeah, you know, different things like that. And but yeah, that's that's interesting about that. Reminds me of like I think they were saying like 
when Soundgarden played Lexington, Kentucky back in the early 90s, there was like 10 people out there. And then they were like, and then look what they did after that. Uh Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we actually played at a Hot Shots right by Bush Stadium where the Cardinals play baseball. You know, we played at a Hot Shots. And, man, we had crowds. And uh, because, you know, we we got the spillover after a baseball game. So we always made sure we played after a baseball game, Cardinal baseball. So people come by, they hear live music, they're going to stop. They're going to have a couple of drinks. We played one day, and there were two people there, three people. That's the the place. There were, like, three people there. And Uh we're playing music. And I'm... I'm at the point when I'm yelling at people in the street. I say, hey, come over, grab a drink. Hey, we got wings over here. Come on over, try hot shots. You know? <laughs> uh-huh. and people just, well, the Cardinals lost. It was a crucial game. You know, <laughs> people were just upset. They want to oh, go man. home. So they just want to move. Yeah, they yeah. yeah. Uh, the next song of yours now, because uh, they didn't really turn us away, but they kind of turned us away. So it kind of segues here. The next song Ooh. we're going to do is called Turn You Away. You know. And I've had that, and you've had that. You know, you go and try and get a show, and somebody says no, no, thank you. You know, so what's mm. turn you away about? Is it about that, or is it about a woman? Is it about life? What's it about? Yeah, turn you away is a, a, a fun bluesy rock song, more like a rock, driving rock song. Um, this version obviously is acoustic, but um, yeah, it's pretty much about like, you know, if you might have been trying at a relationship a certain amount of times, and you know. She keeps doing this or that, and you're like, ah, oh, no, nah, this time I got to turn you away. It's kind of that yeah. vibe, yeah. and you'll hear it in the lyrics as well. But yeah, it's, it's a it was a fun song. It was definitely a fun song to do. It still is. I actually played it at my show the other night. So this is one of those chicken egg questions. You know, what came first? Was it the music that came before the lyrics, or the lyrics <laughs> before the music? You know, a lot of my songs usually the music comes first, and then I'll put lyrics over it. But sometimes the lyrics does will come first, and then it's kind of a funny thing. Okay, what kind of music am I going to put to this? But this one, um, even though it was a while back, because this was off my first album, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure that this was one where the music came first and then the lyrics came out. Yeah. Because sometimes, like when I'm, and, and I can't write, I, I, I talk to you songwriters all the time, and, and I just hate, I hate all of you. Okay, <laughs> I'll sit there and I'll I'll noodle around. I'll say, "Hey, that sound, doesn't sound too bad. Doesn't sound too bad." I wrote an album of music for my gal, you know, and uh, oh, okay. years ago I thought it was pretty cool. Now that I'm listening to really good music from the podcast, like people like you are sending me music, I just look. It's like I want to put a bag on my head, you know. <laughs> well, nah, man, you might be might be being too hard on yourself with that because you could put it out and. People probably love it. It's got me curious to hear it now, though. No, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that you'd want to put a bag on your head if you listen to it too. <laughs> so it's but, something that you put together, but you haven't like recorded it and everything yet. Right, right. And 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 when I get, I'm building a studio in Missouri. When I get the studio done, I'll revisit mm-hmm. it. I'll come in there and I'll go in there like with yeah. tools or something, and I'll add some stuff. And I've got my buddies play. I'll have somebody come in and play drums for me, and I'll say. Just you know, base this up for me, whatever, and then we, we'll see, we'll see. But it's all acoustic stuff, and it's you know, it's from the heart. You know, it's from it's from yeah. the heart. You know, but and uh, that's what's important. You know, it's from the heart, and then maybe you know, maybe you'll pick one song and um do that one up, and maybe you know, maybe even put it no, out. No, what I'll do, man, I'll, what I'll what I'll do, Brian, is I'll send it to you. <laughs> I'll say here, <laughs> do something with this. <laughs> well, I'd love to hear it, man. That'd be yeah. cool. Now, do well, you I play wanna... guitar? 
Well, I own guitars. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I I play guitar. I, I always make the distinction. I play guitar, but I'm not a guitar player. You know, like mm-hmm. Hendrix, okay. Vaughn, uh, Albert King, these guys we talked about, they're guitar mm-hmm. players. You know, I can strum some chords. I can play within the pentatonic scale. You get me off that mm-hmm. and I'm lost, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. But anyway, let's listen to this. This is uh, the next song that we're going to listen to of yours called Turn You Away. Our guest, Bryant C., project from Winchester, Kentucky on the Music of America podcast. So what's all the rush about? You never said you were going away. I think it's time it all comes out. I'm sorry it has to be this way I'm right now Been here many times before Unless I made it be this way Don't come crawling to my door Except I gotta turn you away I know you always want your way but you ain't getting it today You made me kill our hands of time I think I'll see who's next in line All right now Been here many times before Unless I made it be this way I told them crawling to my door Next time I gotta turn you away Been it many times before Unless I made it be this way I told them crawling to my door Next time I gotta turn you away these rabbit holes i never shut the fuck up <laughs> no that's fun and there's some i forgot to mention there's some cool production on that song too the guy at the studio i work with he's, yeah um, he's a big eddie kramer fan and really you know, eddie kramer he produced yeah like what you know he produced jimmy and yeah yeah he's one a lot of people but he like you know did some cool stuff where he flipped the tape and everything like that and the backwards guitars and stuff you know so oh fun We'll talk about that. I'll back sell it, do a commercial, and wow. then uh, and then we'll say there's some interesting things on that song, and then you can take it from there. And then we talk about my mistake. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, that'd cool. be cool. Yeah, I thought about that. I was like, that might be something worth mentioning. For sure. Yeah. Oh wait, it's getting dark in here, and I can't read the font in here. Let me... Yeah, I know it's getting weather change getting dark earlier now. Yeah, I know. I feel it in my bones. I literally feel it in my bones. This is what happens when you get old. Don't get old. 
quit. <laughs> All right, here we go. In three, two, the Bryant C Project from Winchester, Kentucky, and that song, Turn You Away. We'll get back with Bryant in a, in a little bit here, but, uh, you know, we've all done this before, right? You find that perfect tone you're looking for, and then the club owner or somebody comes up and says, hey, you know, you're, you're a little too loud. Could you turn it down? Something like that. And then you have to change everything you've been spending your whole day on trying to achieve that that tone, you know, that where you're always in the sweet spot. Well, solution. Introducing the Lexi from Landry Amps. The Lexi is a 100-watt amp that has at its core a vintage plexi circuit. Well, at least part anyway. You know, and the Lexi has a, a rhythm crunch channel, a boosted lead channel. It's got digital reverb, a tube buffered effects loop, depth control, and an awesome voice switch. It has considerably more gain than a plexi does at volumes ranging anywhere from a from a whisper all the way to loud concert concert volumes. And it's designed to be played at those lower volumes, you know, so you can get that tone that used to get from like a certain amp. You have to crank it up to get that tone where you can get it at a low volume with the Lexi. The two channels each have their own gain and master control, but they share the EQ. So check them out today. Landry Amps. They have a YouTube channel where you can see the whole array of Landry Amps, or you can check them out at their website, LandryAmps.com. What's your rig, Bryant? What do you play through? I actually, uh, I play through a Marshall. No, I got a combo, a DSL dual super lead. Uh-huh. And I love it. I mean, you know, I mean, even one day, though, I might switch over because lately, it's actually what I have is the DSL 40. And I'm not using the Marshall's distortion anymore. I've um, recently started using the blues driver pedal which that's I really a sweet like. pedal man that's a good pedal i love that yeah like the crunch on there is perfect so uh -huh. with me not using marshall's distortion anymore the distortion was the main reason i was using the marshall i mean i love their clean tone but also i like fender's clean tone so yeah i don't know one day you know i might end up getting a fender and you know just use the blues driver on that because they got a great clean tone but you know i use the um I was using a box while before, but now I'm back to the crybaby. You know, I got my yeah. um, boss blues driver. I got a super chorus boss I use for certain things. Um, I got this cool pedal called a shaky Jimmy. I like that. It's got oh. a, a cool vibe. If you want that like machine gun effect. Mm -hmm. And um, I've also got an echo plex uh, delay pedal and the boss digital delay. So I got, I got a couple of things I like to use at certain times. of the show. So, you know, Marshall came out with a whole line of pedals, right? And I've got every one of them, and I don't use them. You know, I heard about that, and I, I've, where I use the amps so much, I've never used the pedals, because yeah. actually, when I was, um, I was A-B-ing the, the blues driver, my goal was just to A-B the blues driver, which is Marshall Distortion, but what kept yeah. coming up was this pedal that Marshall has that's apparently very similar to the blues driver. Huh. I dig that blues driver, man. I love that. That's when I use a pedal and I, I just don't, you know, I don't because for a lot of reasons, but I've got, you know, I've got the whole Furman base, you know, where you can hook all your pedals up and you're going to interlock them. And, you know, this plugs into here and this plugs into here. So they all run off one power supply. You never have to battery operate. Yeah, I've got that. My buddy told me, he's like, man, you need to get you a Furman. Oh, man. And, 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 and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Except I stopped playing with pedals, man. I stopped. 
okay. <laughs> and now they're all everything's locked up in a, once i get my studio going i'll get everything back out get all my toys out and play with them again so <laughs> well it's funny because you said that because before this i didn't use pedals for the longest i mean the only thing i would use if would be a wah but really aside from that i didn't yeah. use any pedals for a long yeah. time i probably really didn't start using pedals until the past couple of years well, I'm a Fender guy, and they come with their own pedals, so you get the the clean middle distortion, full distortion. And that's about the only pedal exactly. that I, yeah, I use consistently. Yeah. yeah, the foot switch. Yeah, I yeah. use that, yeah. and that that really be about it. Here we are. Here we are, being tech geeks again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't help. It so, always happens. <laughs> so the the last song we're gonna play, we're gonna play it twice, and let's give a disclaimer here. One is an acoustic version. One is not an acoustic version. So the song is called "My Mistake." And we have two versions. So explain that to me, why we have two versions and what the song's about. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I put the the electric version out first. Uh, you know, coming off uh, coming off the acoustic album, I was looking forward to doing some, you know, like rock and roll again, just some rock. And it's a, it's a you know, heavy blues driving rock song. Um, musically, actually, I came up with the opening riff one day in the recording sessions for the acoustic session. I was like, oh, I like that riff. I recorded it on my phone real quick. I was like, I'll come back to that later and maybe turn uh -huh. into a song. And um, but lyrically though, it's just about, you know, you know, nobody's perfect out here and we all make mistakes and, you know, can all admit to them and talk about how we learn from them. So it's it's kind of one of those like in your face type of songs. And after I put it out, it was doing so well. Um uh, I picked up my acoustic and did like an acoustic video of it. Yeah. This is a different way to present it. And people were really liking that version as well. And I was thinking, well, they're liking that. And I just did an acoustic album. And it's another way to, you know, stretch out a song even more. So I, you know, called my buddy at the studio. I was like, I think I'd like to do an acoustic version of this song as well. So that's why I did both. You know, Stone Temple Pilots have a couple of songs that they do acoustically that I just love and I liked them when they were rock, but I love them better acoustically, you know? So, so I yeah. love that flavor, you know, I love that flavor that establish it one way and listen to it another. Exactly. And, and I love so cool pilots by the way, too. Yeah. Yeah. And also before, about. before we continue on with my mistake and I forgot about this already, but you wanted to say something about the production qualities and turn you away. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely want to give a shout out to, uh, uh Freddie Hanshue. Um, out of Richmond, Kentucky, at uh, Jet Lane Recording Studio. He, uh, you know, guy's a phenomenal uh, producer and recording engineer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was just saying, he, you know, he had some uh, cool production um, tricks on that one that he used. He's a big Eddie Kramer fan, so he did some, you know, backwards guitar flip the tape style type stuff that um, you might have heard Eddie Kramer do for, you know, like, on, like Axis Bold as Love or something like that. Yeah, yeah I definitely want to give a shout out to him on that and you know, Jet Lane Recording Studio. Yeah, I'm sorry. I meant to bring that up before we got into this. So I'll, you know, now, now, uh, I've done it. So, <laughs> oh yeah, no worries. Man. <laughs> so, uh, my mistake when you're out playing it, do you set your electric down and pick up an acoustic and play it acoustically, or is it the other way around? Or, you know, it's you... funny he said you asked that. I'm glad you asked that because when it first came out, I put it out in June, I think June 12th, and for a while, you know, I was just playing it electric. Um, and then, obviously, after the acoustic version came out in August, you know, I started playing it, uh, an acoustic version of it. Uh -huh. And I was playing it acoustically up until uh, this past Monday night, and I had a show in Louisville, and um, 
I did the electric version again. So I kind of kind of go back and forth with it a little bit, um, judging on the crowd. Have you played it on your 12 string? Actually, um, in my mistake, the, the electric version, the acoustic that you hear in the beginning, yeah, that is my 12 string. Oh, okay. And then on the acoustic version, since I used the 12 string on the regular version, mm-hmm. the acoustic version is just strictly the six string. But when gotcha. I play it live acoustically, I just use the six string. Yeah. I just wonder how it would sound to do the whole thing with the 12 string, just you and the 12 string. That might be cool. Yeah, and that is that has a cool vibe as well. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the, the double notes for the solo. There are um, you know, some songs I like doing. I just love that that yeah. maximized sound from it. So what we're going to do here is a little variant from the standard format of the Music of America podcast. We're going to play the acoustic version first, and then we're going to play the regular version. So we're just going to play them back to back and let the audience kind of decide for themselves. You good with that? Oh, yeah. I'm perfect with that. Thank you. Cool. Brian C. Project. And uh, this is the acoustic version of a song called My Mistake. acoustic now let's hear the full version of my mistake again our guest today brian c project 
things and seen some things I've been some places that make you wanna scream I've done some wrongs and done some rights I've learned some lessons but that don't make it alright I've won some battles and lost some fights Admitted my wrongs, now it's time to see the light I say I'm perfect, never claim to be But if you want the truth, you're gonna hear it from me I guess it's my mistake I said it's my mistake I guess it's my mistake, yeah I've started some trouble and I felt the bite I've had some tell me it's gonna be alright I've gotta stay better, I like to be clean Don't want no bad impacts on me I like this clarity in my mind in the days so long, now this is fine This ain't to judge, but for me to be I think everybody in life's at a place I guess it's my mistake But I said it's my mistake I guess it's my mistake of my mistake with Bryant C. Project and Bryant Carter from Kentucky. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. And Bryant, this is uh, this is the segment of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. So we're going to start talking, stop talking tech, stop talking equipment, stop talking gear, and we're going to talk just about you and your art and your craft and how can we support you. Where can we find you? What can we do to help? Okay, well, I appreciate that. And um I'd say the main site, the main place to go to is my official site. It's the bryantcproject.net. That's just uh, the Bryant, B-R-Y-A-N-T-C project.net. Uh, uh-huh. You go there and you'll find links at the bottom to all my other platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, wherever. You know, just scroll to the bottom of that site and you'll see icons for each of those. And I've also got some cool stuff on the site I keep on. Uh, you know, the show updates and um, music videos and different things, news. But also you can find me on all your streaming platforms. So whether you're, I don't know if you're an Apple Music person or a Spotify, Amazon, wherever, uh, just type in the Bryant C Project and, uh, you know, you will find my music. You made it so easy. <laughs> <laughs> what about merch? What about merch, man? What do you got? Uh, as far as merch, uh, I've got some T-shirts also on my site, the BryantCProject.net. Uh, I've got a link up there, so uh, if you just click on that link, uh, it'll take you right there, and you can order, uh, you know, T-shirts and 
you know, music and everything like that. So I try to make it like a one-stop shop for everyone. Very, very simple and everything, like you said. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. I'll have to get you one. Of, have to get one of them stickers because we have at our our house in Vermont. We have those barn door sliding barn door bath for our bathrooms, right? And it's just covered with stickers. Because we go see somebody play, we always buy or pick up a sticker or whatever. And we put it on our door. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. do have stickers. So I'll definitely get you. I'll definitely get you on one of those as well. There we go. Well, Brian C. Project has been our guest today. It's been too much fun. And uh, and I guess we're going to have to have you come back, man, because we've just got too much stuff to keep talking about. <laughs> yeah, this, this went by really quick. I was going to say, I'd, uh, I'd love to come back sometime. And thanks for having me. For sure. For sure, man. Well, it's the Brian C. Project. Brian Carter, our guest today. Join us tomorrow. The Music of America podcast continues. Our guest tomorrow is Nathan Morrow. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.